You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Dr. Lowe Show. It's so good to have you guys listening. I am humbled and honored and so excited to have our guest on the show. I've been doing this show, as you guys know, for 12 years, and there's probably only a handful of guests, not to, you know, I guess the term is throw shade at any previous guest. <laughs> That's what the kids are saying now. But um, but I've just been so excited to have um, my guest on the show, and she definitely stands out as previous guests that I've had that I've been just tickled to have. So um, we have Annie Hopper on the show, and she is the creator of the DNRS program. So it's Dynamic Neural Retraining System, um, which is healing for the brain. And it's uh, something I'm very excited about. I've been implementing more with patients, and I'm so excited to get more into what this is for you. So you'll learn about this, but just a little bit about it. It's a drug-free, self-directed neural rehabilitation program. Um, and that, and uh, it's something that you do on your, on your own. And it's basically the brain healing itself. And it's just incredible. So it's a unique approach. It targets the limbic system directly. We'll talk more about what the heck that is. I'm using the principles of neuroplasticity. And she's been uh, offering this program to people since 2008. So it's definitely been around for a while and it's helped people all over the world. And limbic system impairments include things like long COVID, um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which we can talk more about that, what that is, chronic fatigue, multiple chemical sensitivity, anxiety, depression, chronic Lyme, food sensitivities, chronic pain, and a, horse, a host of other conditions that are you know, also related to it as well. She's the author of Wired for Healing, which I absolutely love. I have it right here underlined and read through. It's such a great read. And it's also really easy for people to read who maybe aren't in the health industry. Um, so it's you know pretty much for everyone who wants to learn about this, whether it's something you're dealing with or someone in your life, um, just to understand them a bit more. And she's spoken all over the world. So Finland, she's spoken at the um, Institute for Functional Medicine, um, American Association of uh, Academy of Environmental Medicine, and lots more. So we are so excited to have you, Annie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my honor to be here. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much. Of course. I recently, so a little backstory of how I know about what it is that you do. So, and I share with my listeners, even though I'm a doctor, I'm just very real about stuff that I've dealt with health-wise. So rewind back to a few years ago, um, I went to the Amen Clinic for some brain symptoms I was having, and they did a brain scan and found that I was diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety and depression and um, and also ADHD. And so it was, it was like, okay, I felt validated for things I was dealing with. But one of the therapies that my guest, or actually he was a guest, Dr. Cabron Chapik, he's um, written books on um, post-concussion syndrome. But I decided after the episode that I had him on, um, on my show that I wanted to work with him. And so we did a consult and he told me about DNRS. And at the time it, it, there were so many things, like probably 30 things recommended. And it was like, whoa, I'm going to do these low hanging fruit. 
if I had a time machine, I would have gone back and done that first, but it's cool. You know, hindsight's 2020. So I, um, you know, just kind of stuck in my head and then fast forward, still dealing with health issues. I know that I had had a, a very toxic mold exposure for about five years, you know, other things, Lyme exposure and blah, 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 you know, all the, all the perfect storms. And so, um, so fast forward to going to a training an apex energetics training. And I realized that SIRS is definitely a thing that I am dealing with. And I know that's something that um, DNRS can really help with. So that sent me down another rabbit hole of doing research and things that have helped patients with SIRS. And that's when I came back to DNRS again. And I then really took it on as something that I was looking into for myself, watched the different videos and got so inspired. I ended up taking the course loved it. So it's like a 14 hour course. You guys will learn more about what that is. And then I um, started kind of experimenting with recommending it with patients. And that was what really sealed the deal. There were patients who weren't getting better from anything. You know, I would say like 95 to 99% of patients get better from the things we do, but there's that one to 5% that just, you know, they can't seem to be able to add foods back in or start taking supplements again. They just stay so sensitive. And those are the folks that I said, Hey, I, you know, I want you to do this program. And then the, with the follow-ups, I hear things like I'm getting my life back, you know, these like chilling head to toe, uh, body experience things you hear from other people saying, it's like, Whoa, this is a miracle of what this transformation has been for these people. So that's when I was like, I got to have her on the show. <laughs> so I reached out to your team. I'm like, I got to have her on um, because I really want more people to know about this. So that's my backstory about it. I would love to hear, um, you know, more of like what the heck got you into this? Because I find it's a really incredible um, discovery that you've made. And not only the discovery, but you actually implement it for yourself. So I won't spoil the story, but share a little bit more about what happened that had you discover this. Yeah, sure, Lauren. Um, yeah, what, what you're describing with your patients, the, that that small number of people that just don't get better no matter what, mm -hmm. uh, we hear that a lot. You know, people are sling slingshotting back into that cycle of illness and just can't seem to shake it off. And when they rewire their limbic system, everything changes. And uh, and just to, to add on to what you said, yeah, that, you know, toe to to head feeling of just like shivers because you think oh my goodness yes people are getting their lives back complete transformations and it's it never ever ever gets old and you know it's just the backdrop of my life it's what I see every day and it's just yeah it's uh it's amazing so it's profound too is they had the power all along that's the yeah. wildest part is they they they've healed their own brain themselves and so exactly. it gives them hope that holy crap is this something I can actually do for myself? Can I actually heal from something that I thought was like, you know, it's like slowly dying over time. That's how yeah. these people feel. And it's like, whoa, no way. I had it all along, but anyway. yeah, exactly. And you know, that leads into my own story. So yeah, I felt like I was slowly dying too. And what happened is in 2004, I, I hit the wall or I had the perfect storm for developing limbic system impairment. And um, at the time, I was a busy counselor and I was a journalist and I was thriving in my life. I was having an awesome time. And then 
I had some exposures to things that just threw me over the edge. So, you know, looking at the, and I call that the perfect storm for developing limbic system impairment. So my perfect storm consisted of exposure to toxins. I had, uh, there was a fire in the place where I, I moved to. So there was wildfire smoke for weeks. Um, I rented um, uh, an office in an old building that actually had mold in it. And I, my office was located right next door to the janitor supply room where they held all of the industrial cleaners for the building. And there was a lack of ventilation in my office as well. So I had some pretty extreme hits there from wildfire smoke, the chemicals and the mold. And then prior to that, a few months prior to that, I was in a car accident and had a neck injury. And um, it looked like it was, a I had sustained cervical whiplash with some kind of, it left me with some kind of weird neurological shaking that looked like the onset of Parkinson's for a few months. And that seemed to, you know, go away over time. But also looking back at, okay, well, what were the other kind of forms of trauma, whether, you know, that's viral, chemical, or emotional or psychological trauma. Um, you know, when I look at emotional trauma, I grew up uh, with a history of childhood trauma. My father was an alcoholic, and I think the protective circuits in my brain are probably firing a little bit more rapidly than the average child, because, you know, honestly, I just didn't feel safe. So, you know, looking at that onset of limbic system impairment. And when I started to get symptoms, it was just kind of general stuff that I didn't really understand. I had like chronic joint and muscle pain. Uh, at one point I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which was, uh, you know, gave me a label, but it didn't really give me anything to do with that label. I had muscle twitching, constant headaches, insomnia, anxiety, and really bizarre things started to happen with my sense of smell. It was so weird. I started to be able, you know, perfumes that used to smell really nice to me actually smelled like toxic bug spray. And I started to have this severe sensitivity to scented products and anything that had the smallest amount of chemicals in it. And that actually led to you know, you can imagine it just, I could not navigate my world anymore. I was like, oh my goodness, everywhere I went, there was an exposure of somebody's scented products, whether it was their laundry soap or their perfume or their hairspray, hairspray or a million other products that they would put on. Um, and so I had to, I had to avoid everyone and everything. So yeah, my life became pretty, pretty small. And during this course of time, you know, um, I saw every specialist out there. I saw lots of doctors and lots of well-meaning healthcare pro providers, and I was an obedient patient. I mean, if you gave me a treatment, I would do it to Mars and back because I want, I was invested in my health that I really wanted to get better. But despite all of the treatments that I did, I didn't see any improvement. Or if I did see improvement, it was a very small improvement. And like those patients that you see, those ones that don't get better from your treatments, I would always slingshot back into a cycle of chronic illness. And in fact, it was getting worse. And um, eventually I developed EMF sensitivities, which is electromagnetic frequency sensitivities. And that is, <laughs> I could only describe, the best way to describe that is really like living a, night a nightmare because then I became sensitive to wireless and all kinds of stuff around me. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's at that point that I had to leave my home and go camping and be in nature. And um, I just want to say I'm not really a camping girl. I'll put that in there. <laughs> but, uh, 
<laughs> but, glamping you know, maybe, right? Glamping. Yeah, glamping maybe. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting, you know, when you're put up against a wall like that, you, you have strength that you don't even know that you have until you're tested that way. So even prior to that happening, I knew that my brain was somehow involved because it just didn't make sense to me how you know, everybody else could go down the detergent aisle of the grocery store and be perfectly fine with that. And yet, if I would go down the, that same aisle, I might go into central nervous convulsions, be bedridden for days, right? I'm like, okay, there's something obviously wrong with the way that my brain is interpreting sensory information. And of course, once I started to get sick, I did a lot of research on all the products out there and recognized how toxic everything and changed everything is. And I changed my lifestyle. And in some ways, it kind of gave me evidence to prove, oh, that's why I'm so sick. But at the same time, I'm like, hang on, it's something more than that. My brain is misinterpreting information. It's taking small amounts of whatever is in the environment and making it as if it's life-threatening. Not only is my brain and body reacting to that, like my immune system and my autonomic nervous system and my endocrine system, but also it was changing my sensory perception. perception. So that heightened sensory perception was actually my brain's uh, interesting way of trying to protect me from potential uh, threat. So anyway, I started to investigate what could be happening in my brain. So this led me to researching the limbic system because the limbic system in the brain is actually is the area of the brain that's responsible for sense of smell. And it seemed to me like that would be the right place to start. So I did a lot of brain research that confirmed that the common denominator in many chronic and complex health conditions like chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and chemical sensitivities was overactive activation of brain circuits in the limbic system. And I would have to say my catalyst for understanding and exploring neuro neuroplasticity as a potential solution really came through reading the book, The Brain That Changes Itself by Dr. Norman Doidge, who's a Canadian uh, psychiatrist. And my entire world changed with reading that book because I recognized that my brain was not fixed in function and that I actually could have agency to change the structure and function of my brain. It just was so mind blowing. So I explored the work of the neuroplasticians who were featured in the brain that changes itself. And it really truly gave me insight into what was happening in my own brain and how I could make those changes. And really, it was like being a, a guinea pig in my own lab. So, um, you know, I was studying uh, researchers like R.S. Ramachandran, who was working with how imagination could change brain structure in his work with phantom limb pain. I was also looking at the work of Dr. Pascal Leone, who was exploring the power of thought and how thinking alone can change the structure of the brain. I was looking at the work of Dr. Edward Taub, who developed constraint-induced therapy, uh, which which is a form of rehabilitation for stroke patients where repetitive exercises helps the brain to uh, form new neural pathways. And Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz, who is working with patients who suffer from OCD and how he connected brain functions brain function to symptoms of illness and through awareness and distraction, he was able to help patients decrease symptoms. So I took all of that information along with my own experience and my experience as a core belief counselor and all of the work that I did prior to developing illness. And I conformed 
uh, I really combined that information I was learning and my experience with neuro-linguistic programming and started to experiment on myself. And again, I think you already alluded to my book, uh, Wired for Healing. So my, my entire story, sorry, and the influences that led me to develop the program and the science behind the program are outlined in the book, Wired, Wired for Healing. So um, that's, that's the start. Uh, I was my own guinea pig. I rewired my brain my sensory perception returned to normal. I was like completely blown away. I thought I was going to have to live a life of avoidance for my, the rest of my life. And turns out I didn't. And it turns out that I could be perfectly healthy. So, so that's, that's my story. Wow. And it's, it's revolutionary because for a long time, doctors thought that the brain that you're born with is the brain you have. And if you have an injury, tough luck, that's just the cards that you're dealt. And we know that couldn't be further from the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. We can literally rewire our brain and that's, that's truly what it is. I mean, it's like, a, like actual electricity in the brain. It's, it's a wiring issue. And I talk about this on the show of, you know, we talked a little bit about neuroplasticity, but it's like roadways and your brain. So, you know, for you having that childhood trauma already kind of primed, maybe your brain for more of those protective mechanisms. And then it's that perfect storm. That was your unique one with, with the fires, the mold, the janitor supplies, the neck injury. Um, that reminded me, I had a back injury around the time that this happened. I fell down a flight of stairs, landed on my spine. And so all that combined with the you know, the, the exposures, the physical trauma, the emotional trauma, it was that perfect storm. So, but you know, that neuroplasticity, it's like for you, you already had like maybe a frontage road that was kind of primed for, you know, self-protection. And then when those exposures happen, that becomes the predominant road, your brain is going down and that becomes a highway. And now the previous highway is closed. You can no longer take that road. And you, you actually did the, the work to help to heal those roads and open up the the old pathway again that you know is joy and fun and laughter and or another way to say it is that parasympathetic nervous system that is that calm and rest mode and that's one of the things i love so much about this brain rehab is aside from those conditions that i talked briefly in the intro it, it can heal you know, it, it can aid in healing for any condition because with the common theme with diseases that I find with patients is that chronic fight or flight response. And I, and so if someone has that chronic fight or flight, in, in your opinion, do you see that as probably being a limbic system injury? Or do you find that people can have that chronic fight or flight, but maybe not have that in their brain? What, what's your, I'm just curious on that. Yeah, I would say if they find themselves in that chronic fight fight, flight, or freeze state, uh, mm -hmm. for that matter. Yeah, I think that brain retraining and limbic system retraining would help them tremendously because who right. wants to live in that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and when you're in a chronic stress response, it, it affects every system of the body, like you know. So if we can get a reset and you have the ability to reset your system yourself, then imagine, you know, the the lasting implications of that reset. It's, it's quite phenomenal, really. Right. And it could be permanent. It's not, you know, it's like you, you rewired your brain, you know, and then it's, you have new patterns that you then continue to live out and it keeps those reinforced. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You do. You have to do the work. I mean, we recommend that people, you know, do the program for a minimum of six months daily mm -hmm. uh, to really strengthen those new neural pathways. Um, and uh, yeah, it, however long it takes to to get that reset to happen. 
but um, you know, it doesn't make us, um, it doesn't protect us against future trauma, right? So it doesn't right. mean that you'll never have an injury again in your life, but at least you'll have the tools to know what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you can just course correct a lot quicker, you know, most yeah. likely in those situations. So exactly. when you first made that discovery, you noticed, holy crap, my sense of smell is way off and other people. I mean, it's like, you know, looking around, like, can't you guys smell that? I mean, doesn't uh-huh. it smell bad to you? Like, you know, yeah. it's like, why do people have a different nose than me? I know that you, that was one of the first discoveries you made. And then once you started, I'm just curious, you know, taking a time machine back to that six months when you healed yourself, um, how did that process go? From what I understand from your book, it maybe started with elevating the emotional state and then from yeah. there, you kind of develop from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, after I made a promise to myself that when, and if I ever recovered that I would spend the rest of my life teaching other people how to recover too. Mm-hmm. So then it came to the task of, of, okay, well, how can I teach this to people and how, what what is really going to make sense? So that's when I came up with the five pillars of recovery. So I think Got I'd it. like to kind of to go over that. Yes, please do. Tell yeah. us more. What the heck is DNRS? Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. So the first pillar of recovery is to recognize the connection between your brain and the conditions. So we really spend a lot of time on talking about the anatomy of the limbic system, really explaining what the limbic system is for. And I'll just give you a quick little run down there. So really the limbic system is a complex set of structures in the midbrain. It's associated with emotion, learning, memory, threat evaluation, the body stress response, and sense of smell. And like we said already, under stress or during trauma, whether that's viral or emotional or physical or toxic exposure, the brain can get stuck in protective get stuck in a protective trauma response, even when the threat is no longer present. And the brain in its innate adaptive and protective ability ability changes to protect us. So the brain and body can stay on high alert like a house alarm gone rogue, Uh, but the alarm gets tripped by the smallest stimuli like a cat walking by the house or a branch from a tree brushing up against the window. And if the brain remains in high alert, it actually changes the the structure and function of the neural connections in the limbic system and uh, the pathways that are responsible for threat evaluation and responses to threat become really deeply established and the neurons themselves become sensitized, meaning that they fire with little or no stimulus. And when that happens, we release release stress hormones that affect the autonomic nervous system or our automatic body responses, our immune system, and the endocrine system or hormone production. So ultimately, like you already said, it affects the ability to rest and digest. It also affects the accuracy of messages being sent by the brain regarding threat evaluation. It affects our sensory perception and, of course, our overall health and well-being. So that's like, that's kind of in a nutshell, that's pillar number one, looking at, okay, the link between your brain and the condition. The second pillar is recognizing and redirecting POPs. And POP stands for Pathways of the Past. So these are thought, emotional, and behavioral patterns that are actually associated with limbic system impairment itself. So looking, you start to become that curious observer. 
you go into that metacognition and become the curious observer of self and say, okay, what thoughts am I having? And are these thoughts based on fear? Are they based on protection? Do I have a lot of emotions that are based on fear or about protection? And looking at your behaviors too and recognizing, oh, okay, not every thought I have I have to entertain or not every feeling that I'm feeling needs to be entertained as well, because what if the messenger is impaired? So really taking a look at, all right, so uh, what are my pathways of the past and how can I, A, become aware of them? And then how do I start taking different pathways? So that's uh, pillar number two. Um, pillar number three is uh, really going through the uh, dynamic neural retraining system steps. So this is a series of steps on the floor that you actually move from place to place. It it's a, takes a small amount of movement and, and verbal uh, cues, but it's really about heightening your emotional state. And what we have people do is do to do that sometimes is to go into a really positive memory or really positive future visualization so they can elevate their mood. And what happens is when you elevate your mood, you're actually releasing really good neurochemistry like dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins. So we get, we call that get your daily dose. And uh, so you can dampen the threat response in the brain and it, it really, really does work. So it's amazing. So um, the fourth pillar of the uh, program is incremental training. And that's where you might have small exposures to things that you would normally react to in a very prescribed way to help uh, get the brain to stop firing threat uh, perception when you're in uh, the uh, presence of that stimuli. And then the fifth pillar for the program is to elevate your emotional state as much as possible, because we want to really counteract that flight or flight state. We want to create a context of safety for the brain so that it can unlock from that fight, flight or fear state. And the best way to do that, I mean, think about working with children and your limbic system is only, you know, emotionally, emotionally like a three year old. You know, you really want to engage in heightening your emotional state, engaging in fun and laughter as much as you can throughout the day, not only during the actual uh, steps themselves. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I'm giggling because I have a three-year-old and everything is comedy with him. So <laughs> I can definitely learn from him on elevating my emotional state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So um, can you give an example of what a pop would be? Sure. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, pop would be, you know, uh, for me, I'll just give an example in my own life. So, um, you know, I had a lot of information about toxins because of what I was going through. So anytime I would smell a perfume or something, the immediate thought that I would have is that's poison. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, hang on a second. You know, if I am going to, you know, and I don't have to believe that it's not poison, but I do have to actually think something different in order for my brain to get out of those protective pathways. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm like, okay, how do, I, how do I change that? So I'm like, all right, if my immediate reaction is that's poison, what else could I go to? How could I make it neutral or even better than neutral? So I would have to say, okay, it's perfume. It's not the end of the world. In fact, you know what? My grandmother wore perfume. Mm -hmm. 
I loved my grandmother mm. and I can just imagine sitting on her lap and just smelling the smell of her perfume and feeling so loved and caressed and nurtured by her. So I would have to not only look at my associations and what I was creating, but also change them so that my brain would not go back into this fear mode. Does that make sense? hundred mm, percent. Yeah. It's making a new pathway. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. What about with the incremental training? What would be an example of that? Hmm. Yeah. Incremental training can look a lot different, different for many people. So, you know, sometimes it's about uh, small exposures to something. So in my own life, what that looked like was small exposures to maybe it was a, like a regular shampoo that somebody used. I would go into horrible reactions with that. So at first I would just like imagine being in front of someone that had shampooed their hair and I, I would go through the steps and go you know what I'm so happy to be with this person I'm so happy to be out and you know living in the world so it could just be in my imagination first like imagining a trigger and then elevating my emotional state and then it would gradually I would work up to the to the point where you know maybe I could hold a small travel size bottle of regular shampoo and then maybe the next time I could open it a little bit and and take a little smell of it and then always combine that with limbic system training exercises like it's not like you're just like exposing yourself to stuff you have to actually combine the exercises with that so that your brain knows what to do with that exact stimulus. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, you know, same thing with foods, right? When people have food sensitivities, you would introduce foods very slowly while in combination with doing all of the exercises that we recommend. So mm -hmm. that, that that's an example, or it could be, um, you know, somebody who has uh, energy uh, issues like uh, fatigue issues, you would want to, first, you could even imagine that you're getting that feeling of fatigue and go into doing the limbic system exercises. And uh, instead of choosing to sit down or lay down, what would it be like to stand or go for a walk for five minutes? So you're incrementally training your brain not to go down the old paths that have been really well established with limbic system impairment. So it's like, okay, brain, I know you're there. I know that the, this is happening and I'm choosing to take a different pathway. Mm, so, I love yeah. that. I, choice was the word that popped in my head in that moment. You're giving yourself a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Introduce that. Um, yeah. And I've seen with, with patients, um, even just last week, a patient saying I'm eating eggs for the first time in 10 years and I'm fine. And that's like, that opens up a whole world for her. I mean, so much freedom. Now she can go to breakfast with friends, you know, and now she can order an egg. So yeah, really beautiful. And that same patient, um, going back to how you mentioned the, um, you know, the parasympathetic system and, and, and how it, um, affects digestion, you know, and, and that's through the vagus nerve. So this patient, she hasn't had regular bowel movements in also 10 years. And now she's waking up every morning with a bowel movement. And it did not include her taking a different supplement, changing her diet. It was literally the only thing she did was the DNRS. And, and what's so cool. And she told me that she said that with the, the uh, future visualization exercise, she imagined herself having the most glorious bowel movement in the morning. <laughs> and she was, you know, she was, was so cute. And she's just imagining this and, and how after she imagined going, she's like, I feel so empty. This is, I was like, so satisfying. And, and then it became what was happening for her. So just um, it made my jaw drop. 
Uh, amazing. I love hearing those stories. Please, please send her my love. <laughs> yes, I will. She'll listen to this. So I know she'll love to hear that. Um, I love how you break down the, the biochemistry into acronyms. So talking about going from can chemistry to dose chemistry. So can you just, just real quick touch on that again? Yeah, sure. So can chemistry is cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. So those are stress hormones that, that we release when we're stuck in that fight or fight or freeze response. And uh, we want to get away from uh, those uh, stress hormones and start releasing hormones that will put us into a uh, rest and digest state. So like you said, or like I said earlier, uh, those dose chemicals. So dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And yeah, so the, the saying that we say is kick the can and get your daily dose. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love that. So can you talk, um, maybe share like a favorite story of someone who's gone through this program and, and what that's looked like with their outcome? Yeah, I think one of my favorite stories of late, I mean, oh my goodness, I can't even tell you how many stories are in our when people purchase a program, they get access to a lifetime membership to our global community forum. I think we have about 14,000 people on there from around the world. Wow. So there are so many recovery stories that it's hard to keep count, right? But, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I, I sit and I watch, I read the stories and I cry tears of joy, right? But mm -hmm. I think one of, the, one, one of the ones that comes to mind is uh, she was actually a professor that had long COVID in Sweden. And uh, she was hospitalized. And uh, let, let me just get to uh, her story here because sometimes I won't remember her story. Um, yeah, she was uh, her, at her initial baseline. Uh, she had a typical loss of sense of smell and taste. Um, and for, I think she had long symptoms of long COVID for uh, 15 months. Or wow. so anyway, she was wheelchair bound most of the time. Mm. She had severe cognitive and memory issues. She actually forgot how to write the alphabet. She was wow. unable, she was unable to care for herself or her four-year-old daughter. Mm. Over time, she developed severe sensitivity to foods, drugs, chemicals, molds, paints, fragrances, and smoke. Um she didn't know what to do, uh, of course. And um, there was actually a doctor in Sweden at the Karolinska Institute who knew about our work. And she phoned me and she said, Annie, do you think that your program will work for patients with long COVID? And of course, I said, if the limbic system is involved in any way, shape or form, yes. And I have every reason to believe that the limbic system is involved. So mm -hmm. yes, I do believe it. So she said, okay, I'm going to recommend it to three of our sickest patients at the long COVID clinic and see what happens. So this one was uh, the one that I'm talking about. So at eight weeks after she started implementing the program, her sense of smell and taste returned to normal. She no longer required a wheelchair. She had no evidence of postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome anymore. She was able to eat all foods and she was down to eating only about five foods. And within eight weeks of intense DNRS training, she made a full recovery. And at six months, she was back at work full time after being on sick leave for 15 months. So that's probably one of my favorite ones recently. And another um, long COVID story was somebody, someone else from 
in Sweden, she actually had no sense of smell or taste initially too. She was wheelchair bound for nine months and she would actually go unconscious when she stood up. Um, six wow. weeks, six weeks into the training, she was walking over a mile per day. At four months, she had, she no longer had symptoms of POTS. She no longer required a, a wheelchair. Her sense of smell and taste returned to normal and uh, her brain fog and memory challenge at, challenges and anxiety had lessened significantly significantly mm. by then so those are just a couple of the long COVID stories that I'd like to share but th those yeah. those are the ones that are just at top on top of my mind right now right well it's it's delightful feeling like I can help these people who have had and this is a, a more of a recent thing that's you know that's affected the world so to be able to um you know use this for them as well is amazing and I know there's um for any of you listening who want to maybe see more stories about people with long COVID just type in DNRS COVID and YouTube and you'll find all kinds of videos or I'm sure on your website you have different testimonial videos yeah yeah lots of testimony testimonial videos and people's recovery stories from all kinds of uh conditions that are associated with limbic system impairment like you already mm -hmm. said you know chronic fatigue syndrome pots or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome yeah. SIRS, which you already mentioned chronic inflammatory response syndrome chronic pain fibromyalgia chronic lyme disease mast cell activation syndrome chemical sensitivities, food sensitivities and allergies, PTSD, depression, anxiety. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. one, of the, uh, one of the fun actually posts to follow on the community forum is surprises, it's called surprising changes with limbic system retraining. And people are like, yeah, mm -hmm. my eyebrows are growing back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah then we can bring right. beauty into my hair is luscious now. Yeah, my yeah. wrinkles so, are less. Yeah, thing, things that, you know, we didn't actually recognize in the beginning, but it, it makes complete sense if your body's in a reset that all of the systems of your body are gonna start working functionally again. Right. Have yeah. you seen any um, specific, improvements with um, autoimmune disease and, and also just like hormone issues for women. I, I mean, I would think even fertility could be improved with, with this. Yes, absolutely. So fertility makes me think of uh, one testimonial that I was looking at recently. And uh, this woman had um, a series of uh, issues. I'm trying to think of what was her, her major issue. I know food sensitivities is one of it, but she had a, a bunch of, you know, really really you know this too mm -hmm. rarely does anyone show up with just one thing exactly right yeah. it's, like, yep. <laughs> it's like the whole it's the whole kitchen full yep 100 right it's, it's everything right so she she had everything but one thing that she had too is um she had stopped having her her menstrual cycle two years ago prior to mm. the program and her and her husband had two young children uh six and three years old i think and, um, but they always wanted to have more. And within, I think it was like seven or eight weeks of doing the program, she started menstruating again. She hadn't had a period in two years. And at six months in doing the program, her and her husband decided to try and she got pregnant. Mm. And she, we, we call those DNRS babies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We've when, got quite, quite a few DNRS babies now. Right. <laughs> I really like um, some of the other things that you have through your your work. So the those, the share a laugh class, I've done I think two of them so far, and it is so mm -hmm. fun. 
it's so funny. You're just on zoom for 30 minutes with a bunch of people and you're just laughing for 30 minutes. I know <laughs> laugh thinking I, about it. <laughs> you it's feel like so, a kid, you feel like you're in elementary school or like preschool, but in the best way. And exactly. you are taking yourself seriously when you're done with your share laugh class. Oh yeah. I know. I'm, I, when I join those classes, if I'm on there for like a minute, I'm in hysterical laughter. Like <laughs> yeah. I just cannot stop laughing and uh, yeah, it's so good. So that that's based on um, sh our share laugh classes are based on um, largely based on laughter yoga, except that we have really tailored them to limbic system impairment and how to recover um, uh, and, and really, you know, part keeping limbic system impairment in mind with those share laugh exercises. So yeah, that's a ton of fun. And we also have um, other support services that we have for our clients. So people can do individual coaching with our certified DNRS coaches. So our certified DNRS coaches have all gone recovered from complex and chronic health conditions through the program. And they've been extensively trained in the method and will know how to help you with you know, whatever condition that you might be um, suffering with. And also we have our living DNRS classes, which is a group. Um, it's more like a, a 12 week uh, support mm -hmm. uh, class for people that are going through the program. I think we have up to 20 people in each class and those are invaluable too. I mean, I, I remember somebody said recently, someone in the class had said, uh, you know, I think there should be a sixth pillar. And I was, and we were like, well, what's that? And this, they said the sixth pillar should be healing with community mm. because yeah, there's a huge community of people that are healing together. And I think it really does make a difference because I, I, you know, with limbic system impairment, it can be so isolating and, um, you don't have to do it alone. So, right. You know, and also there's actual mirror neurons. So being around yeah. people who are doing their own healing, it, it does affect you like biologically. It's not just, oh, this is great, you know, having a friend. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. And and I've seen actually children heal that way too. When yes, um, you know, mothers can um, have often asked, will this help with my child? And I'm like, well, you know, the, the program isn't tailored to children and it's an adult learning program. However, if you do the program first and start to change your own nervous system, then you can your, your children will start to mirror your nervous system too. hundred percent. I so yeah. see that with my son and, and I actually yeah. did a couple of coaching sessions, um, with, with a couple of your coaches and, and one of them, she, she mentioned that she had young kids, two young kids. Is, is it Jana or Jana? Yeah. And yeah. So she, um, got better and, and it improved her kids' health and they didn't even do the, the, you know, the actual rounds themselves. So it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe in that. Um, talk, can you talk about just any um, research that's been done on DNRS? Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, as I said earlier, we were contacted by a doctor in Sweden and uh, they're doing some uh, a, a preliminary research study on patients with long COVID and POTS. And um, yeah, there were, I think about 28 people involved in that study. Um, the results aren't out yet, but uh, what I can say is... Uh, the results that we're seeing so far are pretty ex extraordinary and mm -hmm. um, amazing. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can find her quote. Yeah, it's, she said, uh, so far we obse have observed great to astonishing full recovery from severe post-COVID-19 
autonomic dysfunction or POTS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, and hyperreactive reactivity to fool mold and chemicals in many patients undergoing DNRS training. So wow. I look forward to that study being published at some point. Um, Absolutely. And the other one that we had done uh, just before COVID came out and is probably buried under all the COVID research was done by McMaster University. And they were really looking at the impact of DNRS on fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue and MCS. And uh, yeah, we had some really great results. They were using standardized surveys to measure improvements um, like the SF36 or the quality of life survey, survey the Queasy, which is the mm -hmm. quick environmental exposure and sensitivity inventory, the symptom impact questionnaire, um, the fatigue severity scale, the GAD7, which is the generalized anxiety disorder and uh, survey, and the PHQ9, which measures severity of depression. Um, some of the most common conditions that people were doing the program for was MCS or, or chemical sensitivities, chronic fatigue, neurological disorders, SIRS or mold toxicity, toxicity, anxiety, Lyme, depressive mood disorder, food allergies and sensitivities, fibro, uh, migraines or headaches, adrenal insufficiency, body pain, PTSD, and irritable bowel syndrome. So, wow. you know, just at just a few to say the least, but anyway, right. <laughs> the, the results were pretty great. And uh, those are actually on our website. So people can uh, look at the results from the McMaster research on our website. Um, yeah, so that's, that's where our research is right now. Also, the University of Alberta, in collaboration with, with Women's College Hospital in Toronto, the Environmental Clinic at Women's College Hospital in Toronto, are um, in the process of looking for funding to uh, do a study on DNRS and the effectiveness of DNRS on patients with long, long COVID and chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Lots of and it's incredible. You're, it, and it's not uh, studies that are, you know, studying a drug. Those get a lot of funding. So it's impressive to have some research on something that doesn't cost, you know, an arm and a leg to, to, to have that, to have a medication. So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the challenge too, is like how, True. you know, who's going to fund research where nobody's going to benefit pharmaceutical companies are not going to benefit from this. Mm -hmm. Do you <laughs> guys have a way for people to donate to help with funding for DNRS? Uh, if not, yeah. that would be a good thing. Yeah, it would be a good thing. I'm sure there probably is a way. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what that is right now, but um, okay. Yeah. Well, if any guys want to fund, you know, donate, let me know, and I'll get you in touch. No, I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be there's got to be people that believe in this that want more research to be done on it. So you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Thank for you. people listening um, who want to do DNRS, um, how do they do that? And then for those who you know, maybe they're not going to dive into that necessarily at the moment, or maybe they, they don't have symptoms that are, you know, that resonate with what we talked about, but are there ways that they can, you know, improve their health, optimize their wellness, you know, just in general. So both of those questions. Yeah, sure. So first of all, people can uh, find out more about the program and purchase a program directly from our web website at retrainingthebrain.com. And um, everything that they, they need to know about the, the program and getting the program is on the website. So um, also, if they have any questions, they can always uh, phone our client services representatives. We have the most amazing. They're very helpful. I've reached um, out to them. They're so responsive and they have a lot of empathy, which is so important with with uh, folks dealing with this. 
Yeah, they do. They do. I just love them to bits. Um, uh, so yeah, you can call our client services team. They'd be happy to help you in whatever you need. Uh, or if you have any more questions about the program after you, after you go to the website. Um, if people aren't ready to start the program yet, then certainly they could start with my book, Wired for Healing. Mm-hmm. And see if they relate to some of the information in the book, because, um, you know, that's a that's a good place to start, too. But I think in general, I think one thing that we need to remember right now is that coming off of three years of living in uh, living through a pandemic and with the history of the state of the state of the world in general, I think that a lot of people might be suffering from limbic system impairment. Mm-hmm. Um because we've been in fear for a long time and that has an effect, a deep effect on how our brain functions. And I think in order to really counteract that negativity bias and you know what, we all have a negativity bias, you know, we're, we're more likely to look at what's going wrong before what's going right. And that's just a very old protective mechanism. But I think with living it with three years in the pandemic and, you know, for people that have had COVID and recovering from COVID and the, the isolation and everything that goes with that, um, I don't think, you know, I think that most people will have some form of limbic activation, right? So yeah. we want to counteract that negativity bias as much as we can. And the way to do that just on a day-to-day basis is to really, um, really, really mine for joy and mm. positive moments. So what I mean by that is to really savor the good. So any moment in your day, if you can just take some time to savor the goodness, like maybe it is where you're sitting right now, you know, for example, where I'm sitting right now, there's this beautiful green painting in front of me. And uh, it's just this, these wonderful shades of green and it, it speaks to me of nature. And, you know, I can just lose myself and get immersed in the beauty of that painting. Or perhaps it's my warm tea that I'm holding and I'm just holding the cup and I can feel the, the warmth of the cup on my hands and I can smell the tea. And, you know, just taking those small moments in time that are really good and savoring them as much as you can in the moment. Because as we focus our attention, wherever we focus our attention, our brain circuits follow. So if we can focus on something joyful and something good, or we focus on love and connection with someone or something, then that signals our brain to relax. And I think that that's, you know, it's just a good way to live in general. So Mm-hmm. That would be my my parting words of wisdom. <laughs> As you're talking and um, noticing what's in front of you, I notice I have this mug with a unicorn on it, and I got it for my 40th birthday. And there's like sparkles coming off its backside, and it's really funny. And I have these beautiful, bright highlighters, and you know, kind of details I've never really noticed before. So I love that, just being in the moment and looking at the beauty around you. And I love the question: How can I make this moment sweeter right now? And however yeah. that, however that looks, yeah, um, it's, it's delighting in your life. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that. It's beautiful. I love this. Well, oh my goodness. I could talk all day with you, but you got things to do. So let's uh, wrap up. Thank you so much again for being the guest on my show. I know this is going to help so many people. Um, and um, I just send you so many blessings. Thank you for, for the work you do and for, uh, 
especially um, having it be mission driven to help so many people. Oh, thank you so much, Lauren. It's been my honor to be here with you today. And thank you so much. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.